Sylvia, and this is Out Loud a Gizmo, a saying my dad made up. This is a storytelling podcast where you will experience excitement, laughter, reality, and mind-blowing adventures. Well, hello there again. Today we have a plethora of subjects that my dad is talking about. I love to say the word plethora, 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 plethora. If you say it enough times, it doesn't make any sense. Isn't that fun? (laughs) Yes, I'm in a silly mood. That's just the way I am sometimes. Well, anyway, he's in Texas around the Lubbock area and it's too cold and my mom isn't doing good. So they move. Yes, they move again. This time again, back to Bisbee, Arizona. And then, oh, well, just listen. You'll hear. Here it goes. Chapter 25. Ruth had been sick with sinus problems ever since the cold weather started. So I told my boss I was quitting. We sold the trailer and told Guy, Sarah, Geraldine, and Bill goodbye again. We took off for Bisbee, Arizona where it is warmer. We went by Port Alice, New Mexico where Tenny and Audrey Parton, Ruth's sister and brother-in-law lived. I needed a couple of tires. Audrey said he could tell me where I could buy new recaps. So I bought two recaps. I told Ruth we are in good shape for rubber to get us to Arizona. We spent the night with them and left early the next morning with about 400 miles to go. 200 miles later, we came to a stretch of road between Las Cruces and Lordsburg, New Mexico. There was a dip in the road about one-fourth a mile apart for 25 or 30 miles. You guessed it. We blew out both recaps. We were close to Lordsburg So we went on into town on two flat tires. I bought a used tire that you could see the cords coming through, and I had a spare in about the same shape. I put them on the ground and took off for Bisbee. We got about 15 or 20 miles down the road, and it started to snow. Edward and Andy were in the back seat bundled up in their bed clothes. The car didn't have a heater, but we stayed warm, except for our feet. It didn't snow very long, but our troubles were just fixing to start. We had a blowout on the right back tire, but no use to stop. We don't have a spare, so we kept driving. We got about 50 miles out of that wheel. Then I put the extra wheel on, and I kept that side off of the pavement. We got to Douglas. They had a service station, but no tires. We made it outside of Douglas, and the other tire blew. We had another 20 miles to go. We just hoped the police didn't stop us from marking the highway, but they didn't. We finally pulled into Bill Vick's house. They were still up having a party. It must have been two o'clock in the morning. I don't think they were very glad to see us, but we were glad to see them. I asked Bill if they would put us up for the rest of the night. He said, sure. The next morning, I went to the Ford garage where I knew people and they knew me and bought two new tires and wheels. Chapter 26. Daddy forgot to mention, he's in Bisbee now. We set out to look for a place to live. We found one at the Custom House Apartments. It was operated by a friend of ours. His name was Dave Miller. I forgot to mention, when we left the Custom House Apartments, the friends that operated it asked if we'd take a little dog that they had. Edward played with it all the time. 
Its name was Skippy. The reason they wanted us to take the dog was because they were afraid the dog would get killed at the station on the street. We took the dog and he went with us everywhere we went from then on. After we had him a while, the Millers sold their station and bought a home down in Warren. The boys came over and said, we've got a place to keep Skippy now, so we want to take him back. So they took him back. Edward cried and cried. But Skippy kept coming back. They'd come to get him and tie a rope around his neck. But he kept on coming back all the way from Warren. One time the dog got away from them and brought that rope back with him. They said, if he wants to stay with you so much, then you can keep him. In the meantime, we rented another house in Bakerville because the one in custom house apartments was too small. We lived in Bakerville a short while and then we got a chance to buy a house in Jiggerville. So we bought one and the house we bought was on company land so we didn't buy the land. We paid $1,000 for the house and $60 lease on the land per year. About a year later, Brenda was born in October 1947. Not long after that, I had surgery on my thyroid to remove a cyst. Chapter 27 Then I went to the employment office and the employment agent knew me. He said, I'm glad to see you back. I said, and I'm glad to be back. I'd like to have a job on the underground bull gang in the mines. He said, I don't have an opening right now, but if you will check back with me later, I might have one soon. So I went to Ryan's service station, where I used to work part-time, and asked the owner, Jimmy Lin, for a job. And he put me on. And a couple of days later, Frank Kashun, the employment agent, stopped by for gas. And he said, I wondered where you were. Do you still want the job? And I said, I sure do. He said, well, if I have an opening, I'll know where to find you. So, in a couple of weeks, he stopped by and told me he had an opening. I asked him if I could have a few days to tell Jimmy that I was quitting. He said, sure. I told Jimmy about it, and he said, I don't blame you, that is a good job. But if you ever want to come back, this job is open. I went to work on the underground bull gang in the copper mines. It was a real good job. There were eight men on the bull gang, and every morning we would meet in the boss's office, and he would appoint two men to each group. We would go to the different jobs and repair them. If they had a breakdown during the night, then the previous shift would tell him about it and have it on paper and we would go and clear it up. When we got through with that job, if it only took us 30 minutes, then we would stay there the rest of the day, messing around until quitting time. That went on, for a short time. And then I saw that they needed someone on the pumps, pumping water from underground. So I signed up for it and got it. That was an easier job than the bull gang. All I had to do was put a little grease on the plungers of those pumps. So, about every hour I'd take a paddle and put grease on the plunger. During the rainy season, when there would be thunder and lightning above ground, it would kick the electricity off and the pumps would shut down. My job was to walk about a mile underground and start a pump that would push water over to our main station. I'd walk over there. And by the time I got to it, the water would be running down the drift, maybe ankle deep. If I stopped to talk to somebody, they'd say, hey, you'd better get on over there and start that pump, or this thing's going to be flooded. So I'd go on over and start the pump and go back. That was on the 2,700 feet level. Then I'd catch a cage back up to the 2,200 feet level to the main station. 
I'd lay down and then put grease on the plunger, and then lay down some more, until quitting time. It kind of gets to you, when you don't have enough to do to get your exercise. Okay, let me get this straight. So daddy said the other job was too hard, so he wanted this job, but now this job is too easy for him to get enough exercise. So on he goes. So it wasn't long before I saw an opening on the hoist, and that was on top. So I signed up for it and they put me on that job. The company started laying off men. Since I had moved around so much, I didn't have much seniority, so I was one of them. I went back to Jimmy Lin's to work for him again. He told me he had a deal cooking in Tucson, Arizona, where he could buy a service station over there. It was a truck stop. He said that if he bought it, he would like to give me a chance to become a partner of his by going over there and just operating it. He'd allow me so much credit for it until I had it paid off. I said, yes, I sure would. I'd like to try it anyway. We sold the house to Bob and Hazel Cook, some friends of ours, for $600. They paid us so much per month until it was paid off. So we moved to Tucson. Jimmy had bought a truck stop on Casa Grande Highway, which is now Miracle Mile, I think. I ran this station. And it took me nearly two years to go broke. Then in February 1950, Sylvia was born. One day, I was eating a bowl of chili and I went outside to wait on a customer. While I was gone, some truck drivers poured a lot of salt into my chili. I came back in, and they were sitting around like they didn't know anything was happening. Then in my first spoonful, I could taste the salt, but I just made out like there wasn't nothing wrong with it, and acted just like I was eating it. The lady that owned the cafe said, I can't take this no more. So she brought me a new bowl of chili. The truck drivers were all laughing and everything. But I would have eaten the chili, salt and all, before I'd have said anything about it. We were having a hard time making ends meet there. I was drawing $50 a week. That's all I could afford to take out of the station. This truck stop was a 24-hour service. I had it on my mind day and night, for nearly two years. One day Jimmy Lin said, we're gonna have to sell this place, because it's not making us any money, and we can't make the payments on it. I told him I agreed with him. He sold it. And I stayed on for a month or two, to show the people who bought it, the ropes. hear all of the many different stories of my dad's life. Each chapter and episode will take you on adventures as he grows up. And don't forget to press subscribe or follow so you can come back and listen to the real life stories. Because I want you to be able to envision his world through your ears. And goodness gracious, out loud a gizmo, you're in for a wonderful adventure. Bye-bye now. This podcast was hosted by Sylvia Gant. Thanks to my dad, Dave Pickett, for writing the stories. A special thanks to Uncle Bill Pickett for the piano music. <laughs>